talking about generative AI and in particular, in this context at least, it's the large language models mm. um, that do so well in the sense that, well, they're just so good at reading and writing and following basic instructions. Mm. Well, those basic instructions inside a corporate entity are basically called workflows. And, you know, just about every enterprise has spent the last 10 years setting up all their workflows inside the Now platform mm. that ServiceNow owns. So while, you know, every man and their dog has a new large language model that anyone can use, there's only one company on planet Earth that has everybody's workflows already defined it in one place. And that's the privileged data set that no one else can recreate. And that's ServiceNow. Hi everyone, it's Andy here. Uh, welcome to this edition of Montica's Spotlight series. Uh, today we're going to talk about ServiceNow, the global enterprise software powerhouse. And with me to do that is the perfect person. It's Montica's Director of Research, Armit Nath. Armit, welcome. How's it going? Thanks, Andy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going well. I'm going well. How are you? Yeah, doing well, doing well. Uh, we were just talking about how um, we're pretty happy that there's no, or no longer at least, ice on the driveway and, and sidewalk out the front. Yes, absolutely. Although, um, don't count your chickens before they hatch. It's a long winter to come, I think. But, <laughs> but yeah, for the moment, very well, very much welcome. For the moment, we're just sticking with the rain um, that's washing <laughs> away the ice. So, um, it's all it's all relative. Um, so, look, uh, thank you for for joining. You are the perfect person to discuss service now. You've been following this business and this space um, for several years now, and and as have I. And um, I just think that it's it's such an interesting business to to take a look at today because you know we've just gone through a period over the last 12 months or so where we've been hearing that uh conditions in the enterprise software space is a little tougher than usual um IT budgets are you know maybe being rationalized a little bit um sales cycles are, are taking a bit longer decisions are are getting scrutinized a little bit more than usual mm. and we just saw a few days ago that ServiceNow wrapped up their year you know growing their top line subscription revenues still at a rate of like 26 percent um, and their total remaining performance obligations so you can think of that as just like all the business that they have signed in all future periods which can go out into the years but that that sort of book of future business grew at 29%. So, I mean, those are very punchy numbers um, just by, you know, the everyman standard. And to be putting up those sorts of numbers in a period that was supposed to be challenging, mm. um, it's it's quite extraordinary. And so I thought what we could do today is, um, well, we'll do two things. Uh, we'll, we'll sort of try to map out a little bit or, or peel back how the business has been growing so well and then uh, the second half of the podcast we'll we'll sort of take a look at whether or not we think that these growth rates are sustainable into the future and and what the reasons um, for that might be so how mm -hmm. about we just start with just trying to sort of break down like how is this business growing at 26 <laughs> percent um in an otherwise pretty challenging environment. Yeah, no, great question. And um, 
and looking at it from the outside in for the first time it it looks like it's just not sustainable however when you kind of drill through the business and look at the industry look at its market position look at its customer base um and then just look at its outlook it becomes exceedingly clear that it's um quite a it's an anomaly in the industry for numerous reasons and so to touch on why ServiceNow seems to be doing or why ServiceNow is doing so well in you know in the last period where as you said um customers are optimizing or rationalizing their IT spend and we've seen that you know across every every enterprise um every enterprise software company and so one of the key things when you go through a downturn and and all of a sudden cost of capital goes from zero to uh you know some percentage rate uh businesses become terrified and they become extremely efficient and this was certainly the case in in software and so as part of that process enormous reviews of costs inefficiencies were undertaken by customers across the world largest enterprises um and and beyond and so what ended up happening was when the review commenced very quickly realized you know in in certain industries that are kind of reliant upon legacy IT infrastructure that have been slow to adopt more modern um software that there was a huge amount of cost and not a lot of people that knew or understood how it worked this is basically servicenow's bread and butter servicenow's servicenow is the IT backbone in almost every enterprise software company in the world when you're a customer and you're looking at your IT spend and you have $100 allocated to IT and you know 75 80 dollars that is allocated to areas that no one really has a clear understanding of the value that's being delivered by it but they are terrified that if they turn it off it might impact you know things that are beyond their control or they they, they don't have a clear understanding of what that spend is actually doing and this is sort of the really valuable use case that ServiceNow offers they come in and they say okay well you have all this IT spend um it's on uh, on premise legacy IT infrastructure with point solutions and and homegrown software solutions that you've sort of built over the last you know multiple decades why don't we take that and put it onto the now platform and this process is just 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 commencing um and it's really what's helped ServiceNow be so resilient to this through this period um and so i think that's why we've we've seen a real big tailwind to service now because it, more broadly macro is still challenging um and budgets are still being highly reviewed but service now seems to be collecting and taking a huge amount of share regardless and so um let's now move to the question about how sustainable this growth could be out into the future and of course this is an important question because it really goes to the heart of trying to work out if the stock is you know undervalued or overvalued and and yeah. we won't sort of get into that um but we'll just sort of stick with the actual question which is how sustainable um yeah. you know is this growth mm. um and i think we've well you've just sort of made the case that there's still plenty of low hanging fruit out there um with respect to the consolidation of um 
you know, a very wide range of um, sort of legacy pieces of software and point solutions and whatnot. So there's sort of a, a big consolidation component to this. But increasingly as well, and, and obviously we'll get into um, how generative AI um, complements this, increasingly there's a productivity benefit that comes from mm. having all of these products and the interaction of these products. Um, and obviously software consolidation is great because you're saving money um, by, you know, getting the same services or better services for the same amount of dollars or, or fewer dollars. But then product when you get into the world of productivity, now you're sort of talking about often, you know, how do I how do I do the same or more work with even fewer people potentially, mm. which can potentially be you know, have huge cost savings. So um so let's 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 sort of break these down and try to try to answer that question around sort of long term sustainability of growth. ServiceNow is being accelerated not only by its own sales force, which is you know durable. Just if, if you just look at its own TAM, so two hundred and twenty billion dollar TAM by twenty twenty five, its revenue in twenty twenty four is expected to be about ten billion. Um, so we're talking less than five percent penetrated already, and growing even if if it grows at the levels that you know, you know it took to grow into the even if it triples from here or quadruples from here. You know, we're talking 20% market share. It's still, in terms of its competitive advantage, and just the, given the, the 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 lack of competition in in maybe the last bastion of on-prem on-premises legacy software and and technology infrastructure that needs to move to the cloud, and there's a will to move to the cloud, but the unlock is going to be is is to get the customers comfortable. And between Microsoft and ServiceNow, they are increasingly becoming more and more comfortable. And so, so on the software application side, we're talking about hundreds of billions of TAM, where ServiceNow doesn't have a huge, doesn't really have any competition in a very key piece of it. They have extremely compelling use cases in um, segments where there are some more competition. So, you know, they they offer customer service workflows, which competes with companies like um, um, Salesforce and uh, and um, what, um, and then also in employee workflows where they compete with companies like Workday and and others. But for specific customers in those five sectors that I noted before, financial services, public sector, telco, healthcare manufacturing, if you are modernizing your IT backend, it's just it's very it's very simple or it's it's a compelling use case for a CEO to then say, let's use ServiceNow. To move into employee workflows, so let's make our HR portal based on ServiceNow. This is actually exactly what FedEx did last quarter. They took, I think, you know, several hundred thousand employees. And now ServiceNow is the employee portal for for um, for FedEx. You know, cloud is a multi. So there's real, there's real synergy between the products. There's basically if 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 you've already landed inside a, an enterprise customer, as they have for just about every enterprise, the ability for them to expand. Uh, and the and the value proposition for an expansion is actually really compelling to the users or to, to the enterprise customers as well. Talk to me about generative AI and and what mm -hmm. we think that can do specifically for ServiceNow and and why ServiceNow's offering um, is really being complemented by the power of Gen AI. Absolutely. So so 
ServiceNow, as you can imagine, has a very unique volume of data. So it connects into the into basically into the foundation, mission critical core of an enterprise of an enterprise company's um, IT backbone. It is basically the IT backbone, and so pretty much everything goes through it. That creates an enormous data advantage, particularly if you have been well ahead of the curve in terms of building you know your ai offering and so what what you can unlock with productivity in improvements just say you improve your employee productivity by let's say 50% right so a lot of the a lot of the the data points around you know coders um, you know your programming engineers etc they they get about a 50% increase in their ability to code and produce um, software when they're using um, you know, the ServiceNow's you know, text-to-code product. That, that's what ServiceNow's own engineers were able to deliver. If you look at the cost split between ServiceNow's cost versus headcount cost, we're talking a ratio between 1 to 100 to 5 to 100. Or, and so in that context, if ServiceNow can make you know, $100 of employee cost um, $66, and they're charging a dollar previously, the customer has just released 33 percentage points or the customer has just got $33 of extra value that they can either keep or, or, or they can give to ServiceNow. If they gave it all to ServiceNow, in this hypothetical example, ServiceNow could charge the customer instead of a dollar, they could charge them $33 and the customer would be would have the same productivity and the same cost. Obviously, ServiceNow is not charging the customer that type of, you know, uplift. It's it's much 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 more conservative. But um, and we're just talking in you know about you know in the in the you know you know 25 to 50 percent type uplift. But the productivity release for customers is so vast and quick that we are seeing accelerations. And that's why the numbers you outlined before, Andy, around the um the 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 remaining performance obligations or the or the contracted revenue going forward for 12 months has picked up. It's because the, the backlog of software that customers want to buy or have basically signed contracts for is now embedding uh, ServiceNow's AI solution because of this delta. And so when you have such a huge, you know, value divergence. So in terms of the, the the customer surplus, the customer surplus for value delivered by this product is so extreme and so attractive. The ability to price it going forward, you don't need, don't need to price it all today. You can if if you deliver a customer 33%, if you can cut a customer's bill, again, I'm just these are hypothetical numbers, but they're not they're not so far away from the truth that they are absurd. But if you can cut a customer's cost by $33 and you're charging them $1 and you deliver that today and then tomorrow you say okay can I have $2 the customers the customers say okay well you saved us 33 so so you can have $2 and so you sort of just take that over time that's a huge huge runway of you know for for one for pricing power but also lock in and also loyalty and, and trust and ability to expand uh, custom um, products with 
with um, with ServiceNow. It it just compounds. It's it's like a network effect, and it and it um and it grows. And so this is why ServiceNow is in such a incredible position. And he said at the very beginning, they're in the global 2,000 companies in the world already, but they're just a very small piece of their total IT spend. And so the the runway here is is not only for you know making legacy IT redundant or, or optimizing it but it's also for the ability to improve productivity and so you have a, you have that kind of a dual a, you know dual tailwinds to their addressable market and the revenue uh, revenue growth from, from both hollowing out existing systems and then also growing with the evolving and the evolution of AI as we're increasingly seeing it and they have a real use case and they're selling and they're selling product and they are the first mover in what they're doing yeah so i think that's an amazing point um which we just want to underscore that you know most other enterprise software companies out there um you know they're competing for a share of the it budget and maybe a share of the growth of the budgets over time and whatnot um, and that's all great, but what ServiceNow is really eyeing off, apart from some IT budget, is they're also eyeing off the far more substantial um, budgets, which are allocated to pools of labour <clears throat> um, within, you know, SG&A or selling general and administrative costs. Um, you know, by way of a tangible example, we we had a recent um, discussion with a former executive of a large telco and. The United States, and just to put that into context, their SG&A line item each year is north of 30 billion US dollars every year in SG&A, and a big chunk of that relates to the hundred thousand staff, you know, headcount they have that's split between uh, customer service, or sorry, customer support, as well as customer sales. A lot of these are in call centres. Um, in, in the US and, and also around the world. And um, those productivity that numbers that you threw out, like for instance, a 40% improvement, um, i.e. can you know deliver the same customer service with 40% fewer headcount. Uh, I mean, we've verified those numbers uh, with systems integrators. Like, so they're not, we're not just repeating ServiceNow numbers, we're actually independently verified them. I mean, you're talking about an opportunity here, you know, with, for just one single customer into the several billions of dollars of cost mm. savings. Um, and, you know, contrast that with, you know, what, an, you know, you just mentioned the customer that ServiceNow just landed where they're paying ServiceNow 10 million. And that's a big, that's a big ticket for ServiceNow. Well, here we're talking about a customer who could save several billions of dollars. And your mm. point, Armit, is, well, ServiceNow could, you know, share in some of those productivity gains and it would, really, really move the needle for ServiceNow. So that's why this is really, really interesting. And if anything, that $220 billion TAM mm. or addressable market that you you pointed out, because I mean, sometimes companies throw out addressable markets and, you know, who knows if they're right or not. They're just a big number, hard to verify. Um, I mean, when we actually try to sort of think about the bottom up components of that addressable market, if anything, it could be too small as in the addressable market could actually be a lot bigger. Um, and I think it's also just worth highlighting the point around like why this works so well for ServiceNow. I mean, the, talking about generative AI and in particular, in this context at least, it's the large language models mm. um, that 
do so well in the sense that, well, they're just so good at reading and writing and following basic instructions. Mm. Well, those basic instructions inside a corporate entity are basically called workflows. And, you know, just about every enterprise has spent the last 10 years setting up all their workflows inside the Now platform mm. that ServiceNow owns. So while, you know, every man and their dog has a new large language model that anyone can use, there's only one company on planet Earth that has everybody's workflows already defined and in one place. And that's the privileged data set that no one else can recreate. And that's ServiceNow. So that sort of, again, reiterates your point, Armit, that um, they seem to be in this, this box seat to really drive enormous productivity for their customers. Um, and they have very little competition. Uh, and in large part, that's because they have this very privileged data set that, that no one else has or, or can get. So, um, so yeah, look, I think we'll leave it there because I know we've, <laughs> we've probably gone on for a bit, bit longer. Um, but I think it's fair to say, Armit, um, we think that the growth in service now is, is actually really quite um, sustainable going forward, right? Yes, I, I think that's right. I think definitely. It's a, if you just, as you said, like the uh, if, you, if you step away, look at the industry, you look at their um, their product offering, and you look at the roadmap, as you said, um, and just how much room there is relative to how much ServiceNow is is charging. It it just seems like there is. It's almost a bit counterintuitive when you see something growing at twenty, twenty five, thirty percent. It's like, well. This has to tail off. You're like, surely this can't be sustained. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I think, um, I think, uh, yeah, I think um, this, this, uh, this is this is a very interesting and unique situation that you don't see too often in a, in a career. So uh, <laughs> let's, um, yeah, I think, I think the, I think the growth is, 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 is durable and it will probably be sustained for longer than we think even. Well, and that's why it's a top 10 holding in Montague's portfolio. So um, um, that's, uh, that's a great discussion. So we'll, we'll leave it there, Armit. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Great. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Thanks.